Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You only get tested maybe at this level once in four years, you know what I mean? You've got a balls to kick them. So England in possession. Not much of the ball. And it kicks it away again. Toby Flood. Don't sink! This is not soccer. This is not soccer. Because in either game, life or rugby, the margin for error is so small. Hi and welcome to the Irish Examiner's 2019 Rugby World Cup podcast. My name is Brendan O'Brien and with me to run the rule over Ireland's route of the Scots and all the other action from the tournament's opening weekend is Simon Lewis. Hi Simon. Hi Brendan, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. So today's show is brought to you by the 100% electric Nissan Leaf, Ireland's best-selling electric car that could save your family thousands every year. Visit evsavings.ie to see just how much you can save by switching to 100% electric Nissan Leaf today. Nissan, innovation that excites. So, Simon and I are looking out on the city of Hamamatsu from the 43rd floor of not just our hotel, but the Japanese team's hotel. Uh, Ireland, like us, got the Shinkansen bullet train down this direction from Yokohama today, and they're in camp about 40 minutes away from here ahead of Saturday's Pool A game against the hosts. So, Simon, did you enjoy your first ride on the bullet train? Oh, very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Doesn't it go fast, Brendan? <laughs> yeah, really do. Until I fell asleep, but uh, that's yeah. an occupational hazard, I think, more than anything. So we'll talk to Scottish rugby journal David Barnes later on in the show to get an insight into what went so wrong for Gregor Townsend's lads in their 27-3 defeat to Ireland at the weekend and what they do now to make things right. But there's only one place to start, really, and that's Joe Schmidt's boys, who put a worrying Six Nations campaign and a stuttering start to the autumn warm-ups to bed with a four-try pound-and-ground effort against their Six Nations neighbours. And I suppose, Simon, the further out we get from the game, there's two takes that people have, and it's never black and white. There's a bit of grey in this, but how much of this was down to what Ireland did so effectively and how dire the Scots were in this World Cup opener? Yeah, well, obviously, I mean... If we treat Scotland first, they were so desperately disappointing. I mean, it, I think Gregor Townsend was um, not lost for words. He found three very important words that they were lacking, which was aggression, accuracy and energy. And when you're losing those at the start of a World Cup campaign, you know, I think you're in big trouble. Um, but Ireland, they were as devastatingly good as, as Scotland were disappointingly poor. Um, it was a powerhouse performance, really. I think 
you know, for all our misgivings about Ireland's performances during the Six Nations and certainly at Twickenham against England, um, they've come right at the right time when it matters in 2019, which is the first game of a World Cup, the pivotal game of their pool. And the question now is really how they manage themselves through the rest of the pool and uh, into a likely quarter-final. But that performance was very good. There was a lot of things to like about it. The pack was superb. Mm. Um, the set-piece was efficient and effective. Uh, the line-out went very well, which I think is is um, satisfying, not just for them, but for all all of us who were a bit nervous about how that was going. It was all went a bit pear-shaped at Twickenham, mm-hmm. um, amongst everything else at Twickenham. Um and the defence was, was rock solid. Uh, they even went down to 14 men when Tyke Byrne got yellow carded late on. Um, and they held Scotland out when you expected Scotland to maybe push on and try and salvage at least a try from, from their efforts. But So all round it was uh, very encouraging. Yeah, and I, I think even looking at it wider from just what happened on the pitch, if we go back to Chiba when we arrived here, we were all talking about, oh, it's a bit quiet, it's a bit grim... You know, there was even somebody mm. made a suggestion about 2007. Have Ireland got their prep right? You mentioned Twickenham, you mentioned the Six Nations. There was a lot of doubt. You add in the injuries as well that Ireland brought into this. And, you know, it's you can't make a definitive judgment on it yet, but you have to go every box that they needed ticking that ticked very well. So their organisation off the pitch, the guys who came in, the strength and depth that Joe Schmidt has put in for the last four years, and all the little details about getting around Japan, just getting all that logistical stuff right, it all came right in the night, as they said it would. Absolutely, and I think not just the injuries before this game, don't forget they lost Robbie Henshaw, Rob Carney, Keith Earls, Joey Carberry, the latter three, all of whom they say could have started but didn't. Mm. Their strength of depth, strength in depth was uh, remarkable given that they lost further players along the way, Peter Amani. Uh, to a failed HIA, Bundy Aki to a failed HIA. Chris Farrell came in for Aki, uh, did a very good job, you know, um, was superb on on the night in uh, Yokohama. Um, it really does point to a, a really good, solid, deep squad. Jordan Lama starting at fullback, first World Cup, 23 years of age, pouring rain, comfortable under the high ball. Mm. Andrew Conway on the wing, he dropped one. Uh, early on the easiest one the easiest one uh, <laughs> yeah. totally unforced error but uh, boy did he make up for it great finish yeah. um, Lama involved in that one as well um, everyone stood up to you know stood up to the plate and uh, and delivered mm. very encouraging so you know we mentioned the background of it and you know the poor Six Nations all the hang- hand wringing that terrible day in Twickenham which you were at so the reverse of that then is they've the curve that they've gone on, you know, two B teams in Cardiff, they came out on top, but then Ireland put Wales to the sword, really. with You can you can cast dispersions about Wales's performance that day, but we saw the clinical ruthlessness of a Joe Schmidt team in Dublin that day. And again, you can kind of pick holes in Scotland at the weekend, but we saw that same ruthlessness again. So can we say definitively regardless of whether that game is good enough to beat, say, a Springboks in the quarterfinal, can we say definitively that the Joe Schmidt-Ireland that we know and people love is, is back? I mean, is, is it too easy to say that? It probably is a bit too yeah. easy to say that. You can't take Scotland's performance out of the equation yeah. in assessing Ireland's performance. It 
it, it, you just can't do it. Otherwise, mm. we'll we'll lose the run of ourselves all over again. And <laughs> so we know what's happened before. To. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone's someone's meant to be a, a sound uh, voice of reason, and you can I that. suppose it'll have to be me. But um, yeah, let's not get too too ahead of ourselves here. Ireland as a the the main stumbling block in their pool. That was a very convincing performance. Yeah. They did all that was asked of them. They're going to have to do a lot more from what we've seen of South Africa, um, mm-hmm. despite their loss to New Zealand. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit. But South Africa is a different challenge altogether. Yeah, yeah it really is. So, I mean, again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty big game at the weekend in Shizuoka against the hosts. And... Uh, you and I, before we jumped on the bullet train, we uh, we went into the team's previous hotel in Yokohama for an update. So it looks reasonably good. It looks it looks positive for the the guys who played and the guys who didn't play and and maybe in the the frame to play against Jap- Japan at the weekend. Yeah, we referenced uh, Rob Carney, Keith Earls, Joey Carberry. Um, all of those were supposedly fit to start and flying in training, which makes you wonder why didn't they start if they were flying in training. We also know that Joe Schmidt wants his players that are starting on a weekend to take part in every training session. They clearly didn't last week in uh, in Yokohama. So you have to assume they're back in the mix. Um, The players that got injured um, on Sunday in Yokohama against Scotland, uh, Omani and Aki, apparently have both passed HIA2. Mm-hmm. If they pass HI3, HIA3 um, on Tuesday, yeah. Monday evening, yeah. um, then they're clear to, to return to, to training, yeah. as I believe yeah. the concussion return to play protocols. Yeah. It's pretty tight with the six-day turnaround. It's that, six they have, day turnaround, they have to yeah. hit those markers or they don't play. Yeah, exactly. So if they come through those, which means they're symptom-free and and there's no lasting effects of concussion. We know you can get delayed concussion yeah, as yeah. well, so they will still be monitored throughout which, which the week. Hap- which happened to one of the Scottish guys before the Ireland game, and he, he didn't make it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so well, there's a caveat there, but they look as if they're on track to to play or to be in the mix um, for selection at the weekend. Mm. That's good news. Josh van der Fleer had some st- stitches over yeah. his eye. Um, he seems to be okay. Um, no lingering effects from that other than the soreness of those stitches so yeah. I, I, I don't think there Johnny was many Sexton, others Johnny, Johnny Sexton, Sexton yeah, mentioned, yeah. took a bang on the thigh we're told he obviously um, he did for those who were watching goals, he didn't yeah. kick he kicked twice and then sort of midway through the first half ceded those kicking goal kicking duties mm. to Connor Murray with uh, mixed effects um, but um, so it, Sexton remains a worry because you, it's, it's a question of how he Joe Schmidt manages yeah. his number one fly half through the rest of this pool campaign. You could be tempted if you were him to to put Johnny under wraps in cotton wool and um, say, see you in October, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, a long way away. Yeah. It's a long way away. But yeah. then you, then again, you can't mess up against the likes of Japan. You yeah. can't mess up against Samoa. You can probably afford to mess up against Russia, yeah, considering what still, we saw against yeah. their performance against uh, Japan on the opening night. Mm. But, but there is um, a, a careful management plan needed for, for Johnny Sexton that yeah. I'm sure he's, Joe Schmidt's given a lot of thought to. So w- w- let's expand on that then. I mean, where where do we think they're going with, with team selection um, for the Japan game? Because Joe Schmidt, both here in Japan and at, at home, 
He's been banging this drum for a long time, the six-day drum. And in fairness to him, he's done it before in previous Six Nations as well. And I think one of his quotes over the weekend was he said, I don't think people understand the importance or the difference that one day either way makes in things like this. Well, that's not surprising for a guy as meticulous as Joe. Mm. But how much change do we expect to see against Japan in terms of personnel? It's interesting, isn't it? And and as an aside, Japan have had an extra two days to yeah. prepare for this as well, yeah. for Saturday's game in Shizuoka. Um, yeah, he, he's got to... I think he has to... I think he will maybe sit Sexton down for this one. Mm. He, he needs to get some minutes into Joey Carberry. Yeah. Jack Carty came on belatedly. Um, you have to wonder whether Joey Carberry would have come on sooner had he yeah. been on the bench rather than Jack Carty. But he, he did nothing wrong he did when he well, came I on. Thought, and yeah. he managed... Yeah. He closed out the game well, I thought. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, he has options. Sexton isn't the only fly half in town mm. um, for this game and maybe Carberry playing t- to the line as Johnny does is you know with the footwork <laughs> as well yeah is is the guy if he can hit the ground running I suspect he might start Carty yeah uh, possibly and, yeah. And put Carberry on the bench yeah um, ease him in maybe give him a half each I don't yeah. know if you do that in World Cup games <laughs> I don't know <laughs> with big fly ball. halves but um yeah yeah so that's that, that's one thing um the other guys that came in, Jordan Lama, Andrew Conway, certainly did nothing to suggest they deserve to be dropped. Yeah, in my book, anyway. Yeah. I mean, there were mistakes, um, but there'll be uh, that dreaded word "work-ons" oh, <laughs> will be will be handed to them on a, on a big list yeah. um, post match. So um, you wouldn't want to tinker too no, much with I agree. it. I don't think you need yeah. to wrap too many players up. No, do I you? don't. No, I don't think you do. Um, and look, the way that the group has been drawn out for them makes it perfect for Joe to kind of make as few changes. But I, I agree with you. It's a World Cup game. You, you can't just rip everything up, for want of a better phrase, and just say, well, we, we might get through here, we might get through there. There's two games to come against Russia and Samoa where you can use your squad. That's, everybody, everybody yeah. Everybody's going to get decent playing time over the next three weeks. Mm. So there's no need for for any of that. These guys, a lot of them, they've been well managed. We talked about the build-up earlier, and they seem to have got things right, the likes of Jason Cowman and all these guys on the S&C side. It's, it's all been done very, very well. So I'm sure they've had this planned for months out. Injuries will obviously change it a little bit, but they will have had a plan for the first two weeks. And I, I agree with you that you'll have a couple of changes here and there, but by and large, it's too big a game to take too many risks on or to take any risks on. And, um, yeah, I think I, I think that's what they're going to have to do. Um, you saw Japan on, on Friday night. Um, you made the long trek out to Tokyo yes. Stadium. <laughs> um, mixed results. It was great to be there. And you, I think it's fair, we should say that first. Like You, you weren't a, a complaining media type going out and, you know, my diamond shoes are too tight for me. You, you, you thought it was a great occasion. Have you seen my diamond shoes? <laughs> But you thought it was a great occasion. And it was wonderful to be, there. to be there, it really was. But in terms of yeah. Japan themselves, I the mean... The performance. Yeah. Um, it was impressive in parts. I mean, yeah. they were sloppy at the start and paid the price. I mean, Russia scored an early try, if you remember, um, and threatened to upset the party, mm. as, as they'd predicted they would. But it didn't last very long. Um, Japan were just too good for Russia. Um, they, they stretched Russia's defence time and time again and then chose their moment very well went to strike and 
the the point of attack or the end product always came through the, their wing. Yeah, Matsushima, yeah, yeah, yeah. Katari Matsushima, who was electric, strong as well, yeah. powerful, um, great finisher, scored a hat trick. It was very impressive. Mm. Yeah, and of course we're just back from the Japanese press conference um, where one of the players suggested that Ireland might look down on, on Japan at the weekend. I don't know if that was exactly the phrase he wanted to use, but that's the phrase that he came out with. Yeah. I, I don't... He was look. fed that line a little, little bit as well from... Uh, yeah, from the colleague. in the Irish yeah, media. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, I don't think that's ever an issue with the Joe Schmidt team. I mean, they were out here two years ago, played two tests against Japan, um, just to give them a recce on and off the pitch. I think Joe Schmidt will have looked at that back three and how they flailed under the high ball against Russia. Hmm. Um, I think they'll... they'll they'll certainly target that. You look at what the Irish pack did to the Scottish pack, you look at how Japan liked to play the game, which isn't a million miles from Scotland, a bit more fast, a bit looser than Ireland. And, you know, if the weather is wet or dry, I don't see any way in which Ireland are going to lose this. No, I mean, the key is don't give Japan the ball. Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't want to, yeah. you know, have to deal with these problems of a Tony Brown coached attack, the former Highlanders coach, um, then don't give them the ball, you know. It's it's as simple as that. I have to say as well, Ireland should, the bullying job they did on Scotland's pack, they can repeat against yeah. Japan as well. Because for all their strengths, I don't think their scrum handled rushes too well. Yeah. So um, the line-out may be a more even contest, but certainly uh, the, the scrum is a... Is a Definite point of difference for mm. Ireland, and um, and it worked very well at the weekend uh, against Scotland, and not just the starting pack, but the the, the replacement front rows, Dave Kilcoyne, yeah. Andrew Porter. They won their first scrum. They won another one against the head. Mm. Um, you know, it was it, it was an impressive show of strength in depth again. Um, the other things I would I would look to is is just how fit. Island looked yeah, as well. Yeah, you we've know, been saying that all warm up, haven't we? The conditioning yeah. is superb. Yeah, and it and also if anyone has done their homework on Japan, mm. going going coming here in 2017 yeah. when the a lot of the the senior players were were on the Lions tour in New Zealand seems like a masterstroke. Yeah. Now uh, it was obviously good for Japan as well to have yeah. a look at Ireland. Yeah, but. Um, Coming here, doing the homework, and also some senior guys like Kean Healy, who we heard from yeah. earlier today in, uh, before they left for Shizuoka. You know that that tour will stand to them a great deal. I think mm. they've got the the wow look at the look at the tall buildings kind yeah, of scenario yeah. out yeah. of the way. Yeah. They've been wowed. They've been to the sumo. They've done the sightseeing. <laughs> they've yeah. been to the sumo. They're here to concentrate on, you know, and and the younger lads, as Healy said, are giving tips to the yeah. to the lions. Yeah. Now, and I think they've got this nailed down in in, in as much as their prep is going. Schmidt yeah. Schmidt knows all about Japan, as you'd expect, yeah. and um, I don't think there's too much that will, that can surprise um, the island management and players. I think they're well primed for this. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll undoubtedly talk more about Japan and Ireland going forward but you had a word with um, Scottish rugby writer David Barnes after um, Ireland's destruction of Scotland over the weekend so let's take a listen and see what David had to say I'm here with David Barnes writer with the Offside Line website and also an Irish Examiner columnist giving us the, the Scot Scottish view on things um, bit of a difficult day for the Scots today. It, it was a difficult day, wasn't it? They just, they just didn't get started. Um, Ireland came out of the blocks, very powerful, um, 
very streetwise, um, and I think Scotland are probably the polar opposite. Um, you know, they, they, were, they looked flustered and they, they tried to force a game that wasn't there to be forced, um, and they paid a heavy price. Indeed. It was, it was strange to hear Gregor Townsend say in his post-match press conference that, that Scotland lacked energy, accuracy and aggression. For a first game in a World Cup, as was pointed out to him during that press conference, it, it's, it's a bizarre sort of set of... Yeah. Um, Missing attributes, if you like. Yeah, and if you're a Scotsman, it's a very uh, worrying set of missing <laughs> attributes, isn't it, really? I mean, it's interesting, and it's easy to be wise after the fact, but, um, you know, I, I had a feeling beforehand that, you know, two years ago, Gregor's first Six Nations, we went down to Wales feeling fairly confident. We'd had a good November, we would kind of run New Zealand close and beat in Australia, and we went down there. There was a real kind of vibe from the players that they believed in themselves, mm-hmm. and we kind of, we, we suffered, you know, we were even more badly beaten uh, down there and, it, it, and, it, it, and it's, it's the same sort of thing here again which is a concern because you know, to happen once is you know, unfortunate to happen twice is careless um, and you've got to wonder you know, what's going on here you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a World Cup, if you can't get the energy levels for this then, then what can you and I suppose you know, the question is why um, I was speaking to Scott Hastings, the former Scotland international who's here commentating and he was saying is it leadership, is it a lack of leadership in the team and I suppose that's as good a theory as any but I think everyone's scratching their head at the moment to try and get to the bottom of that. Yeah, is there, is there any knock there though on, on Townsend and his coaching staff? Yeah, I think, there, I think there is I mean there's certainly in Scotland um, Gregor was the golden boy when he was coaching at Glasgow um, he got the Scotland job perhaps a bit sooner than people expected, Vern Cotter who was very popular got moved on to accommodate Gregor um, and you know, I think this is the first time people are really questioning him. Gregor you know, we, we, you know, you guys in Ireland don't know Gregor's a cerebral coach. He, you know, he likes to think out the box, um, but he's not a, you know, he's maybe not quite, you know, a bit like Joe Schmidt, I suppose. But he's not a, you know, he's not a shouter and a growler. And you know, you do wonder, you know, sometimes rugby, for all that we talk about the science of it, you know, maybe it's a bit old-fashioned, and maybe you know, these guys are. Um, you know, I don't think you can see any professional rugby player soft, but maybe there's not the same kind of edge there that you see from from your Irelands and your Wales when the going gets tough. You know, mm-hmm. the Scots go missing sometimes. Uh, case of. Scotland talking themselves up a little bit too much? Yeah, I think we've done that. <laughs> I think we've done that. We've, we've got a real habit of doing that, haven't we? And, yeah, we've got, you know, we've got egg on our face. Um, yeah, I mean, I think part of the thing is you know, guys like yourself in Ireland, um, you know, you see Finn Russell, you see Stuart Hogg, you know, they're great to watch, they're great fun, and they're great rugby players when it's all clicking, and I suppose, you know, you enjoy watching you tell us how great they are, and we start to believe it. And, um, and, and they are great players, but I think we just need to, you know, we need to, you know, be a bit more pra- pragmatic. We need to be able to say, this isn't working. This is a World Cup opener. We're playing Ireland, who are the top-ranked team in the world. And actually, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of dog it out. Um, and you know, unfortunately, this isn't the first time it's happened. Time and again, we've failed to do that. Yeah. And dog it out, Scotland are going to have to do over yeah. the next stages of this poll. Yeah. Well, my big concern is, you know, we've. we've Obviously, with this game coming up, that's been all the chat. And then we play Japan and the, the decider, and that, there's been a lot of chat about that. But we, you know, it's eight days' time, we play Samoa. Um, and our record against Samoa, we've last six games going back ten years. We've, we've won five and lost one. But we've only won by, I think, the max, the most we've won by seven points. And we've had a few close shaves in there. So, you know, we're a wee bit concerned that, you know, that's, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that the players. If they weren't focused on it before, they will be now, and they've got eight days. But mm. that's by no means a foregone conclusion. So most seem to be a team that really give us a tough time, uh, as the record shows. And mm. you know, they'll be gunning for us. Won't they? Yeah, yeah. And knowing Scotland as you do, are they like Ireland that you tend to get a reaction and a positive reaction? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not quite as quickly. Um, if, you, <laughs> if you think about the last Six Nations, we you know we started off. I'm trying to remember the order, but I think it was Italy. We played pretty poorly. We got beaten by you guys. Um, 
So we struggled on, and then we eventually got the reaction. Um, you know, and we, you know, eventually got a reaction in the, the England game, the very end of it. You know, you know, half time, whatever happened in the changing rooms there. Um, so there will be a reaction, but you know, it's maybe not quite as instantaneous. And at World Cup, you don't have time to kind of, you know, wait for things to come right. You know, they, they need to get it right on on next Monday, or all bets are off. Yeah. Are you booking uh, for the quarter-final weekend now, or are you changing things? Well, I, I am booked in for the quarter-final weekend, but um, you know my wife was watching, so she might be expecting me home on, uh, on the week before now. So we'll wait and see. Right, <laughs> David Barnes, thank you very much. Thanks, Evan. Thanks. Cheers. Okay, so thanks to David Barnes for that. Very interesting, and of course we'll be keeping an eye on the Scots through the rest of the pool stages, and um, obviously they meet Japan in the last round of Pool A, so that could be an absolute cracker, one to look out for. But I suppose the Scots really were one of the few damp squibs from the weekend, weren't they, Simon? I mean, we had a superb opening weekend. When you look at what Saturday gave us with Australia and Fiji, France, Argentina, and then again we were both at the All Blacks and, and the box. I mean, people are describing that last game as the best pool game ever. Is that fair enough to say? Uh, wow, yeah, it was a good game, wasn't it? Um, I wouldn't like to say it was the best pool game ever. Your knowledge of the 1987 World Cup is <laughs> yeah, second to none, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's move on from that one. Um, but no, it was an absolute cracker, wasn't yeah. it? And it was it was a thriller minute. It was it was a phenomenal start from South Africa. Um, a blistering fight back, having not conceded, having only conceded three points. The All Blacks then just switched on the afterburner, scored two devastatingly good mm. tries, uh, which were poetry in motion, weren't they? And then Superb. and then just managed the game really well. It was just a really exciting game of rugby. Yeah. I mean we kinda of took it and took it down the middle. You looked at the box and I looked at the all blacks and, and for me the really scary thing about New Zealand is how they're evolving and yet they're evolving at a rate of knots. Like I described it as generational change in some ways. Like the two playmakers, mm. um, Ardi Savé is just playing like his fifth game oh, at blindside. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. You look at the midfield, they've had problems with. They're trying to maybe bring in a few more mobile props. The two very inexperienced wingers, Bowden Bard at 15. And then you add in, they kind of just took out from a drawer underneath the bed that had been... <laughs> left there for years. Oh, box kicks. Yeah. Let's go back and use them. And they used them devastatingly and cross kicks. And they just, they've changed their game. They've changed their team. And not only are they the best team in the world, they, they look on that evidence to be a team that is by a little bit of a distance the best team in the world. It's scary. Yeah, if you think that South Africa thought they'd kind of achieved parity with the All Blacks uh, over the last year or so, beating them in Wellington in 2018, drawing with them this year in in, in the Cake Tin in Wellington, uh, during the rugby the the truncated rugby yeah. championship. Um, well, they were they weren't uh, uh, on a par with the All Blacks that night. They, you know, they they asked some serious questions of mm. the All Blacks, and they will be kicking themselves that they didn't get more out of that yeah. blistering first 20 minutes. But um, the All Blacks are just different class, aren't they? Big time. And, and and then you look at the box. I mean, let's get ahead of ourselves then and, and imagine this... Yeah, this Ireland possible. are playing South yeah. Africa in the Yeah, in yeah. The so we're, we're going to beat Japan and everything's going to be fine and <laughs> Russia aren't going to do an Namibia 07 on us or anything. So let's... It's done. It's done. We're there. We're in a quarter final. We're playing South Africa. Um, Ireland have a good record against South Africa down the years I mean in in this century really they've got a good record I mm -hmm. mean 
does that mean anything? I mean, this is a new South Africa, really, under Erasmus, and the strides they've made in the last 12 months from zeros to heroes is just incredible. So does this South African team suit Ireland? I mean, the rush defence that they play... The, the you know the the counter attacking the pace they have in the wings the physicality um, is that some a team that Ireland will prosper against? I think they'd rather face them than mm. than the All Blacks. Now, so let, let's yeah. now have yeah. it on that evidence. Um, but that physicality is something. I mean, you put yourself, you put Ireland in the shoes of New Zealand in that first twenty minutes, and how would Ireland have, have coped with that? They would have given it a good lash, I'd say. Um, but I think New Zealand were made to look pretty ordinary during that first 20 minutes. They somehow survived because the Springboks wasted those opportunities. Mm. I don't think... I think Ireland would have been very happy to come out of that with three points. Um, I think it could have been a lot worse, given that mismatch physically. I mean, Ireland just don't have the size and and, and bulk of those box. Um, There's some huge athletes in in that pack. Um, and in the back line as well, like guys yeah. like Damien Dialende yeah. um, are just, they're huge specimens yeah. for, for a back line. And, and, you know, Ireland just don't really have that. Well, that, that, that begs a question then as well. I mean, the game that Ireland beat Scotland with again was hugely attritional. And we saw the injuries that Ireland picked up again. Look, that's rugby, it happens. But can Ireland... <clears throat> Can Ireland produce two or three performances like that in a row? Can they? Everybody was talking about New Zealand before the tournament. That New Zealand could not match England or Springboks. That was that power was king again in the game. And if we don't have the players of that physicality that you say, and you're quite right, well then, how do we expect to outbox the box? Well, I think that's the problem. You you don't try and outbox the box because we've seen what happens to Ireland when that attritional game. You know, it, you might get the end result one week, yeah. but you won't get it the second week yeah. because it just takes too much out, well, of, the last, the out la- of Ireland's resources, the last World resources, Cup. The yeah. last World Cup. Yeah. Exactly. Look what happened when they beat the All Blacks in Chicago and then had to double up. All right, so there was Canada in between, I think yeah. it was. Um, but they but, were, they were, they were. But they were absolutely beaten up by yeah. the All Blacks, now with the help of Yako Piper as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's um, it's... I mean, that's the key to winning World Cups, isn't it? Is yeah. backing up, backing up, backing up. Not only four pool games, but three really tough knockout games. And this is going to be a real test of this island squad. Um, have they learnt the lessons of four years ago? Do they have a, a an alternative to, to outwit teams? Because there's, there's definitely ways around this South Africa team. Mm. The All Blacks proved it. Yeah. Um, and now, obviously, they are... You know, you know they are out on their own, but Ireland have beaten the the box yeah. in South Africa yeah. in the not too distant past, and they really should have won that series. If if definitely, you know, you, maybe altitude was a factor at Ellis Park in that second test because they had South Africa on the rack for mm. that first half. As you say, though, it's a very different South Africa. Yeah, um, Jacques Nienaber and Razi Erasmus are, are well known to us in, in Ireland through their association with Munster for. Um, was it 18 months? Yeah. <laughs> Short and sweet, yeah. but long enough for them to get the lowdown on uh, and that's, that's on be, Ireland. That's, but, that, that's before we mentioned Mr. Jones in there as well. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What does he need? What? Yeah, anyway. Mm. <laughs> but, but, you know, they, they have 
they have a lot going for them in the box, but they are they the way New Zealand kind of pick them apart um, in quite clinical fashion mm. should be uh, something of a template. Now, yeah. whether it can be matched in the same way, but um, on the body of evidence that that Schmidt will have have built up on the box, having played that series down there in 2016 and having watched them evolve under Erasmus I think he won't go into that game too phased mm. by the idea of, of, of counteracting that yeah. physicality I don't I don't think well I, there's no team in the world has the pace that New Zealand has that that can no, just break, electric, break. It? it's just it's unmatchable but I definitely see Ireland kind of targeting Colby and Mapimpi on the mm. on the wings as well uh, maybe some high balls going in there, but that that's all for another day. I mean, the weekend in general, just to close up. I mean, we'd Australia just pipping Fiji. The uh, that tackle that wasn't um, wasn't picked up, and it looks like Hodge now is going to have a three-game ban if any, if that's anything to go by. England did what they had to do to get theirs their campaign it's underway. Stronger, yeah. And uh, a thriller between France and Argentina. So it really was a fantastic weekend, wasn't it? It bodes well for the rest of the tournament, doesn't it? I yeah. mean, that maybe the the draw has been has given us like a front loaded first weekend so. to get us up and running, and yeah. it's certainly done that. Yeah. Um, the the task now is to sustain that level of excitement and and brilliant, sometimes quite brilliant rugby, as you say. There haven't been too many damp squids this first weekend. Exactly. It might be a you know a taller order for your casual fan now for the next week, but. We'll go off now and do a little bit of work. We'll enjoy it, Brent. We'll, we'll enjoy it. If no one else does, we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy do it. We'll do our best. Do a little bit of work now. Maybe go and watch Wales and Georgia tonight, Why isn't not? it? Yeah, not yeah, exactly. And explore Hamamatsu for the first time. <laughs> so plenty more rugby to come. So thanks for joining us for our first episode. You've been listening to the Irish Examiner Rugby World Cup podcast with the Nissan Leaf, the world's best-selling electric vehicle. Book a test drive today at nissan.ie. Nissan, innovation that excites. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 